Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to Let's Talk About Today with Arvin. I made this podcast because I want to make sure youth like myself and many of you guys listening have an opportunity to have a show that's about us, our perspective on what's going on in politics and the news and society. And you know what? Thanks to your support, we are doing exactly that. This is episode 10, and thanks to your support, we're still going and we're running pretty fast. So if you can hit that subscribe button or, you know, leave us a five-star rating, you know, even share the podcast with some friends, I'd really, 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 really appreciate it. So thank you so much for everything, guys, and I hope you really enjoy this episode. All the best. Welcome back to Let's Talk About Today with Arvin. Uh, today I am joined by a very esteemed guest. He is a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, he's going to be a registered nurse very, very soon. He's serving his uh, his people in the uh, riding of Nippian. And he is one of the fastest growing social media political commentators with over 12,000 followers on Twitter and over 4,600 followers on Facebook. He's the one and only Tyler Watt. Tyler, how are you doing? Uh- I'm doing great, Arvin. It's really uh, great to be back on here. Thank you for such uh, a great introduction. <laughs> hey, man, you're the man. Everyone loves you, man. Like, so. Oh, thank you. What, what you been up to recently? I, I've seen, you know, with all the with all the strikes and everything going on on Friday, there was mm-hmm. an Ontario wide uh, school strike, and um, boy, I, you know, as a student, I enjoyed the day off, but as a like a person of Ontario as a citizen of Ontario, I was like, what is going on? Why are these institutions in our province being shut down and the government's just doing nothing about it? Mm-hmm. Well, Friday was a really uh, interesting day. It was the first province-wide strike we've had since uh, the Mike Harris days. Um, so, you know, every unit, I think 200,000 education workers went on strike uh, closed down all the schools uh, in their effort to get the Ford government to take these negotiations seriously, because thus far they've been pretty disgraceful with how they've handled it. Uh, Stephen Lecce in particular, they are not operating within reality, nor are they uh, bargaining in good faith, which they keep claiming they are. So I was happy to join them uh, outside Lisa McLeod's office here in Nepean. Yes, that's um, there fantastic. Were, there were hundreds, there were hundreds of teachers and education workers there. Uh, I brought them some coffee and just went up to random teachers, being like, "Just so you know, I support you. Ontarians support you, and thank you for fighting for our students." And I asked every single one of them that I spoke to, "Why are you striking?" And not one of them mentioned compensation. And that is a a uh, a a pattern that I notice in uh, every time I go out to the strikes and chat with them. They're certainly entitled to some form of compensation increase, but like the narrative that Lecce is spinning is that it's all about compensation when the fact is they're actually fighting against class size increases, against uh, mandatory e-learning, against the cuts to special education and uh, everything else that, that this government has done. That is wonderful. And that's so cool that you were out there handing out coffee and showing your support. Um, <laughs> I was at home doing homework that day and you were out there doing the good deed. That's great. And, you know, how so how long has Minister Lecce been Minister of Education again? I think since it was the last cabinet shuffle, right? That was like Yeah, since since about June. Since about June. So, yeah. you know, 
no, I don't think anyone had high hopes for him as Minister of Education. He was a sort of a super partisan guy. He was Harper's boy, as many people called him. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, no one really had high hopes, but you thought that it wouldn't, you know, many people thought it wouldn't escalate to this point. But, you know, as you said, since June, that's like nine months-ish um, that he's been Minister of Education. And I feel like he is sort of pushing the narrative that's not true, right? Like talking about how teachers are only doing this for compensation. Um, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of a one-sided view, but he's had many opportunities to sort of patch things up. And the fact that he's not really, you know, hitting the deal table to negotiate with teachers and, and the union leaders, it's like, is it time for Minister Lecce to get shuffled out of this cabinet? That's the question. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't necessarily have high hopes when he was put in place but i was i was more okay with him than lisa thompson considering how she handled the education file thus far but i knew immediately why he was put in because you know he was seen as the rising star in the conservative party and he is a pretty decent communicator um now over the last nine months or so i've been listening to a lot of his interviews and what I've come to realize is that he just uses a lot of uh, jargon and a lot of big words to um, sound intelligent and like he knows what he's talking about. But a lot of what he says really doesn't mean anything. And it's a lot of just word salads. And but, you know, people perceive that as, oh, well, he's using all these big words. So obviously he knows what he's talking about. One of my favorite phrases he uses is the or the organic uptake of technological fluency uh, among among youth in Ontario, like what what does that actually mean? Like that's his defense for why mm-hmm. e learning needs to be a thing. Yeah. That's um, now, cool. does he need to be shuffled out? Um, I I think he's handled this uh, pretty disgracefully. I don't know if like putting another person in would change anything though, because at the end of the day, this is Doug Ford's government, and Lecce is really just a talking head. You know, he is serving the mandate that's been given to him. I myself, I have an e-learning class right now, this semester, and it's absolutely horrible. I'm literally learning nothing. It's just an assignment that's like, do it yourself. And I'm Mm -hmm. okay with doing homework. Don't get me wrong. But when you're doing homework and when students want to learn, they have to have a communicative um, time period during the day where they can actually refer to. And that's what school is, right? You sit down for an hour, you the teacher talks, gives a lecture. You can ask questions. You can interact with other students um, regarding the topic of discussion or what's being taught. But to just put things online, it, it is, you know, what it's if that's really the approach that they want to go with. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. someone. Well, I think you. I think you. You hit a really important point there when you talked about how students need some kind of, uh, you know, unique or you know particular kind of education. Um, whether that's being in class, something that is more hands-on. And that's why I'm against the mandatory part of this e-learning policy of theirs. I'm not against having e-learning as an option, Mm -hmm. but to make it mandatory, especially four courses in high school. Like I think back to how I was in high school, I barely could get through an actual class. So to and I had no self discipline, especially at home. Um, There's no way that I would have been successful in in um, some kind of e learning course. Even now, I've been in in post secondary for nine years. I've had to take a variety of online courses. 
um, only really to my own choice, like doing it like summer courses and whatnot. Yeah, it's, but it's... I've found them personally difficult and I'm 29 years old. Uh, right now I'm taking two online courses because uh, I'm in my final semester of nursing where I just basically, you know, do my consolidation uh, and then I do my two online courses uh, outside of that. But to force students into that um, is, is problematic, particularly for people in rural Ontario who don't have, don't, who don't always have access to reliable internet or access at all. Um, and then Minister Lecce said, well, they can just go to the library. We'll ensure that the libraries have a high speed internet. It's like, no, that is not. Well, so not even have, like, high what, speed hundreds, internet. But... Hundreds of students going to the library every day to take their online course. Like, well, no, but think just, about the it's... fact that they're cutting teacher jobs. So there's going to be no one, in, you know, less people in the libraries to actually have the opportunity to go into the library, right? Because there needs to be teachers in the library um, during the time students are. So it's like, okay, well, if you want to take us to the library, we need more employees there and when your government is you know causing the layoff of multiple te- like lots I, I don't even know the number do you know the number of how many teachers ten, like- ten, it, they're eliminating 10,000 teacher positions wow. a lot most of it is through attrition which is where when a teacher retires they don't replace that teacher so that's how they get around the whole well we're not laying off teachers which is actually a lie because there have been hundreds of teachers laid off just this year mm-hmm. um, but that that's kind of the spin around that narrative it's like no one will lose their job like forcefully but even which is which is actually not true anymore yeah that's it's absolutely um it's it's not it's not in the step it's not a step in the right direction right we no in a time when we should be investing more in education it's it's sad to see that the government is taking less right and we are ontario is one of the leading economies in the g7 and there's a reason why we have a yeah. comprehensive education plan for our post, uh, secondary students and elementary students. And when they come to post-secondary or when they do whatever they want to do after high school, they're prepared, they're well-educated, and they're, you know, lots of people have a positive outlook of their time at school because of the, you know, wonderful education system we have here, not only in Canada, but especially here in Ontario, right? So Yeah, um, well, Ontario's education system is, is like world known as being a world-class system. I've actually talked to a couple uh, members that I know of the Progressive Conservative Party, and you can see lots of people are not associating themselves with that party at the moment. You know, they might believe in core progressive conservative values, but they're just sliding away slowly because they know it's quite the crap show going on. Um, yeah, well, those, those conservatives don't exist anymore. I, I refer to those conservatives as conservative classique. They're the they're the ones who who used to be a thing, you know, where they were actually fiscally conservative, where they believed in small government and all those things that that conservatives pretend they are today. But when you look at the record spending in Ontario, when you look at Doug Ford's massive uh, cabinet around him. When you look at all of these things um, that that Ford and Kenny and um, Andrew Scheer uh, want to do, you realize that they really are not conservative. They're not what they sell themselves as. Exactly. We need to be realistic in that conservatives are not fiscally responsible. That is a myth. That is, and I don't even know how far back you can go until you can find a previous conservative leader who actually was fiscally responsible and who didn't run up the debt like Ford is, like uh, Mulroney did, like Stephen Harper did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're good at selling themselves that way. And for some reason, people like to turn to the conservatives when the economy, uh, when things start getting tight. 
And, you know, it, it, it's inevitable. It's going to happen again. We've, we've been in a, a very, like, robust economy for a while now. Um, and at some point, we're going to hit some kind of a bump, some kind of a recession. And my worry is that Ontarians and Canadians are going to look to the Conservatives to help fix that. Wow, what an amazing discussion. Uh, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler what what spelled w-h-a-t 16 uh it's really great he keeps everyone up to date with what's going on in the ford government uh and what's going on especially with education as well but not to worry guys this is not the end of the episode there will be more podcast episodes coming up with me and tyler watt and we will be discussing topics such as who will be canada's next prime minister and we'll be breaking down uh the pipeline protests that have been going on in the past two weeks so thank you guys for listening make sure to hit the subscribe button make sure to follow and give us a five-star rating if you can thank you very much and have a wonderful week stay tuned December.